Good evening and welcome to the Rosh Hashanah Gemara Share, coming to you from the Mizrahi Bet Midrash in Melbourne, Australia. And tonight we start the second Mishnah on Davtet Zion Ahmed Aleph. And now the mood changes and we get closer. In fact, tonight we'll get a lot closer to matters of Rosh Hashanah itself. The Mishnah says, At four times in the year, the world is judged. And we're going to learn what those four times are and on, for what it is judged at each time. But Pesach al in Pesach, which everything we're going to say is Northern Hemisphere related, Pesach is the time when the grain starts to ripen and be ready for harvesting. So Pesach, the world is judged for the grain. But at Seret al Perot Ha'ilam, at Shavuot, it's judged for the fruit trees or the trees of the fruit. But Rosh Hashanah, on Rosh Hashanah, Kol Boy Olam Ovrim Lafanav, all those in the earth pass before him, Kivne Meiron which we will leave untranslated because the Gemara will discuss it later on. Shene'emah, how do we know that Hashem judges everything on Rosh Hashanah? Because the Pasuk of Tehillim says, He creates together their hearts. He understands all their actions. So there's an inspection process. And on Sukkot, the world is judged for water. <coughs> So the first question the Gemara asks is, Hai Tavua, which grain? What do we mean, which grain? We'll explain. Ilema ha Tavua If we say it's the grain that is already standing. So we said on Pesach, the world is judged for grain. <coughs> so is it the grain that's already sprouted and is standing and is waiting to be cut? Well, that's hard to believe because Kol Hane Hariftake Da Adu Aleha all the circumstances that have already happened to it, using Rashi's translation, Eimat it don, when will it be judged for them? In other words, if you're talking on Pesach that we judge the grain which is standing, which has been planted, which has taken root, which has grown, and only now is it judged, that's hard to believe, because when were all the previous occurrences that related to this grain, when were they judged? Ela tevua de mizdara, but we're talking about the grain that has just been planted and what's going to happen to it. Is it going to take root? Is it going to germinate? Is it going to grow tall and big and strong? That's what's judged on Pesach. Lememra, but this creates another problem. Lememra, does that mean to say that it's judged with one judgment, but the grain during the course of its life is just judged once on Pesach when it's still in the newly sown seer format? But we've learned in a brighter, keri or ones, core grain, which has something bad keri, or as Rashi explains, or ones, or some accident has happened to it, kodem ha-pesach. If that happens before Pesach, nidonit l'sha'avar, it was judged in the previous year. In other words, if you've got some grain and bad things have happened to it before Pesach, that's because of the judgment that happened last Pesach. La'achara Pesach, but if things happen to it after Pesach, nidonin la'haba, it's going to be judged by this Pesach for the future. So it turns out that the grain is judged twice. Once last Pesach, for however hard, however hard sorry, wherever it's got to by then, and once this Pesach, wherever it's got to by then. 
So we learn in that writer that there are two judgments which contradicts the, the Mishnah, which said there's only one. Similarly, in the brighter, Adam, She'ira Bo Keri, or Ones, a person which has had some uh, bad thing happen to it. Here, Keri doesn't mean what it, what it means in other places, it just means a bad thing. Or Ones, or some accident, Kodem Yom HaKippurim. So if it had already happened before Yom Kippur, Nidon Sha'avar, it's judged on last year's Yom Kippur. La'achar Yom Kippurim, but if something bad happens after Yom Kippur, nidon la'haba, that's because of this Yom Kippur, which was judging for the future. So also, we see that grain is judged twice, last Pesach and this Pesach, and we see that people are judged twice, last Yom Kippur and this Yom Kippur. Amarava, Shema Mina, Trei Dine Mitnada. So we see that it's actually judged twice. And it's not, as far as I can see, the, the, the kasha isn't really resolved... Um, it's just said that it's judged twice, which seems to contradict what the Mishnah said. The Brisa says it's judged twice, the Mishnah said it's just once. Omar Abaya. Abaya says, based on this, what we've just learned, but it's judged once, in, back to the grain, it's judged once in its earliest stage, and then it's judged again. So Abaya says, Hilkach, therefore, Kichazi inish de matzliach zara, if a person sees that its seeds are doing well, sorry, Zara Afela, the early planting is doing well, Liktim Velizroa Kharfa, then you should plant the later planting, the one that goes faster, that's what Kharfa actually means. So um, there are two sets of grain, the different species. Some species grow much faster than others. So what you do is you plant the slow grain first, and then you plant the quicker grain. So if you see that the slow grain is doing well, that means the judgment of last Pesach was that you would have good grain. In which case, what a wise person should do is cut the opportunity and quickly plant the quick grain, in other words, the second planting, because he will still be benefiting from the judgment, which was obviously a good judgment at last Pesach. So what he should do is, as we just said, one should uh, hurry up, and plant the, the slow grain, sorry, the fast grain, i.e. the one that you plant second, so until it reaches, it, before it reaches its judgment, on next Pesach, it has already grown a bit. It's, it, it's, it's gone ahead and grown a bit. So it still benefits from last year's judgment, which you can see for yourself is good. Okay, now we get into more judgment stuff. Money matnitim. Like whom is our Mishnah? Because we're going to quote a Brisa with four different opinions, and we're going to say that our Mishnah doesn't fit with any of them. So our Mishnah says the world is judged at four times. We know what those four times are. Rosh Hashanah is when Kol B'nei, a Kol Boy Olam Orim Lafanav. All who come into the world pass before him on Rosh Hashanah for judgment. Bear that in mind when we go through these four opinions. So we say, Mani Matnitin, who, like whom is our Mishnah? Low Rabbi Mer, below Rabbi Yehuda, below Rabbi Yossi, below Rabbi Natam. That's not going to fit with any of these four. Tatanya, because we've learned in a brighter, Hakol Nidunim Barash Hashanah, the Gazar Din Shalahem Nechtam Bayoma Kippurim. Everything is judged on Rosh Hashanah, but the conclusion of the Din is sealed on Yom Kippur. Divrei Rabbi Meir. That's Rabbi Meir. Now, that doesn't fit with our Mishnah, because our Mishnah didn't mention Yom Kippur. It said everything happens on Rosh Hashanah. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Hakol Nidon in Rosh Hashanah, 
וגזר דין שלהם נחתן כל אחד ואחד בזמנו. So Rabbi Yehuda says, everything is judged on Rosh Hashanah, but the Gemar Din, the completion of the Din, is um, uh, dependent, uh, each thing has its own different time for Gemar Din. The Pesach, so Pesach is the Gemar Din, the completion of the Din, for grain. What's the place? Ba'atzeret al perot ilan. So, uh, Shavuot is the conclusion of the din for fruit. Bachag nidun alamayim. Sukkot is the conclusion of the din for water. For Adam nidam barash Hashanah. For Gazal din shalo nechtam bayom akipurim. And just in this respect, like Rabbi Meir, that a person is judged on Rosh Hashanah and his decree is sealed on Yom Kippur. That doesn't fit with our Mishnah either because our Mishnah said there's one judgment for each thing and in terms of people, it started and finished on Rosh Hashanah. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Adam nidan bakol yom. Rabbi Yossi says, when is a man's judgment? Every single day. Because the Pasuk says, I will uh, inspect him by the mornings. And there's, every morning there's an inspection. Rabbi Natan Omer, Adam nidan b'chol shah. A person is judged not every year, not every day, but every hour. Shneemaz, the Pasuk says, l'raga'im tevachenenu. By minutes he will be tested. Okay, so as we've just shown, our Mishnah doesn't fit with any of those. Let's make, a, let's make an attempt. V'chitema, you might say, l'ola Rabbi Yehudahi. It's the Mishnah, our Mishnah goes like Rabbi Yehuda. Now Rabbi Yehuda, you'll remember, was the one who said that everything's judged on Rosh Hashanah and then the other four times in the year is when the Gezar Din applies and a person is completed on Yom Kippur. So maybe you want to say our Mishnah is indeed following Rabbi Yehuda. And when our Mishnah um, was talking, it was talking about the Gezar Din. So the completion of the Din for grain is on Pesach, for fruit is on Sukkot, sorry, sorry, is on Shavuot, for water is on um, Sukkot, just like our Mishnah said. But there's a problem. kasha Adam. But Adam, humanity, is still a problem. Because our Mishnah, if it's talking about Gazardin, says it's on Rosh Hashanah. And Rabbi Yehuda says the Gazardin is on Yom Kippur. So it doesn't fit. So it's very nice to say the other three. Um, our Mishnah is talking about the Gazar Din, uh, which fits in with Rabbi Yehuda, but it doesn't fit in for humanity. Amar Rava, Hai Tana Debei Rabbi Shmueli. So Rava says it's another Tana that we haven't mentioned so far. It's the Tana Debei Rabbi Shmuel. De Tana Debei Rabbi Shmuel, because we learn in the name of uh, Tana Debei Rabbi Shmuel. But Abba Prakim Ha'alom Nidan. Four times in the year the world is judged. Ah, this is looking good. This is looking like our Mishnah. Everything's perfect up till now. Ah, not quite so good. Because our Mishnah said man is judged on Rosh Hashanah, end of story. fits perfectly with the other three, but with Adam he says he's judged on Rosh Hashanah and sealed on Yom Kippur. So how can Rava say that our Mishnah is following Tanah Debei Rishmael? The answer is, Our Mishnah is talking about the beginning of the Din. 
And in the case of man, the beginning of the din is Rosh Hashanah, just like Tanit of Ishmael says, although Tanit of Ishmael adds that the end of the din of man is on Yom Kippur. But our Mishnah wasn't talking about that. So that's how we've answered the question of money, like whom does this Mishnah follow? Now we say, Amar of my timer to Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi was the one who said man is judged every day. What's the reason? Well, that's a funny question, the Gemara says. Because he says his reason. The Pasuk says he is inspected or counted or remembered each morning. So this really is what I meant when I said the question. My time alone, Mark Rabbi Natan. Why doesn't he go like Rabbi Natan? Rabbi Natan said a person is judged every hour. Now the reason might be because Rabbi Yehuda says that Rabbi Natan's pasuk is not good enough. Rabbi Natan's pasuk was. Lurgaim, thank you, Tevachenu, and says Rabbi Yehuda, Bechina, which is the root of the, the Tavichenu, Iyune Ba'alma, is just inspection, just looking closely. It's not the same as judging. So the Pasuk, Lurgaim, Tevachenu, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it does not talk about judging, it just talks about inspecting. But in which case, um, sorry, Ba'alma, Iyune Ba'alma, it is just inspection. But Pekide, Name Iyuna Be'alma. But Rabbi Yehuda's Pasuk is no better. Because Rabbi Yehuda's Pasuk also didn't say judging. It said Pekida. So if, if Pekina doesn't necessarily mean judging, it just might mean just inspection, then Pekida also means just inspection. So we haven't answered why Rabbi Yossi thinks his Pshat is better than Rabbi Natan's. So then we say, Ela Amar Chista. Rav Chista says, Time of the Rabbi Yossi Mehacha. Rabbi Yossi actually gets his reason from a different Pasuk. La Asot Mishpat Avdo U Mishpat Amo Yisrael Devar Yom Beyomo. That Hashem does the judgment of his servant and the judgment of his people Israel each day, uh, every day. And that's the Pasuk which is the source of Rabbi Yossi and why Rabbi Yossi thinks that the judgment is daily. For Amar Rav Chista, Rav Chista says, uh, there's an interesting thing we can learn from this passage. Normally, Melech v'tzibur, Melech nechnas ledin. If you have a king and a community, then the king will go first in to be judged. Sorry, that's, that, I'm not, that's not just normally, that, that's what the passage says. Uh, he'll judge Avdo, his servant, and then he'll do the mishpat of Kol Yisrael. So he judges first the leader of the people, and then he judges the rest of the people. The king goes in first, and then the tzibur, the community, goes in next. And we learn that, as it says, So my timer, what's the reason that the king goes first? You might say it's for the following reason. It's not the normal way to leave the king outside. So the king goes with his people. Could it really be that all the people go into judgment first and the king stands outside like twiddling his thumbs? No, the king's not going to be left outside. And there's another reason, an alternative reason. The king goes in before the anger gets too much. 
So when Hashem has to inspect all the sins of the entire congregation, there's a lot of sins, so therefore Hashem gets angry. The king goes in first before that has happened. Af, uh, sorry, Amr of Yosef, new, new thing. Amr of Yosef, uh, Rav Yosef. Kiman matzlinan ha'idna. So why do we daven today? And the point is, if the judgment has been declared on Rosh Hashanah, then there's no point in, judge, in davening for, for instance, akitsire uh, v'amriye, uh, which Rashi explains kitsire means cholim, ill people, v'amriye is tamadei chachamim, who Rashi explains are weak because they spend all day learning, they don't get a lot of exercise, they're, they're weak. And we daven for these people, we daven for cholim all the time, we don't consciously daven so often for Tamarich HaChamim, but if we knew they were weak, we, we might be more aware of that. Now, why do we daven every... Uh, why do we keep davening for them if their judgment has been fixed on Rosh Hashanah? And the answer is, Kiman, Kaman, Karabiyosi. The very fact that we daven day after day for people shows that we're following Rabbi Yossi, who says people are judged every day, not just once a year. V'ibayt Eimer, alternatively, you could say, Le'olam Karabanu. We're actually following Rabbanim, who say people are judged on Rosh Hashanah, as modified by the opinion of Rabbi Yitzchak. Crying out, which is, if you like, the purest, like the primeval form of davening, is always good, whether before the din or after the din. And here we, in that line, we have actually a very fundamental uh, position that even though the, we're judged on Rosh Hashanah and we're sealed on Yom Kippur, there's always room for tefillah. There's always room for prayer. Tza'aka is yafer, even achar gazar din. Never think there's nothing left to daven for. So even according to Rabbanim, who say there is just one annual judgment, there's still the opportunity to change that. Now, you can read it in two ways, and there are shown him. Some say the Gazar Din is not actually as final as it sounds, or some say you can always change it at the margins. In other words, the Din will declare basically what's going to happen. Uh, this person is sick, they'll get sicker, Chasvashalam, but you can still daven, but the pain is not so great. You can daven to modify the effect of the Din. Or, as I said a moment ago, you can daven and actually change the din. Either way, davening is always um, purposeful. Okay, Tanya. We've learned in a brisa, Om Rabbi Yehuda, Mishum Rabbi Akiva. Mipneima Amra Torah, Hevia Omer Bepesach. So Rabbi Akiva, we're going to see, it's, it, it's going to end up very similar to the starting Mishnah, but with a slightly different angle. Rabbi Akiva says, why does the Torah tell us to bring, on the second night of Pesach, the Omer, the Omer of Bali? And the answer is, Pesach Zaman Tefua, because Pesach is the time of grain, who it is. So Hashem says, Omer, bring an Omer before me, but Pesach, in order that the grain that's in the field should be blessed. So what Rabbi Akiva is saying is there is an action that we do that corresponds with the judgment. If Pesach is the time that the tavua, the grain, is judged, 
We don't just sit at home and what, read the paper and think, oh, I wonder what's happening in the Bet Din Shamala and the grade is being judged. We do something at that time so that we can generate a bracha for the thing that is being judged. And what we do is we bring an offering of that thing which is being judged. So on Pesach, we bring some grain. That's why we bring the Omer. Continues Rabbi Akiva, why does the Torah say we bring Shtei Halechem? are the two loaves of bread, uh, which is the unique part of the offering on Shavuot. They come with two lambs, but the, the crucial thing is the two loaves of bread. Just a brief diversion. This is the only time that we bring Chometz as a Korban Sibur, as an offering for the entire community. All other bread that was brought in the Bet Mikdash, except by individuals, but bread that's brought as a part of a Korban Siba was actually matzah. Didn't look like our matzah, but it was matzah. I, I accept the Shtei Halechem, which were brought on uh, Shavuot, which were bread. The other thing I want to say, and this happens to be a little hobby horse of mine, is when we say that Shavuot is Chag Habikurim, we get very excited and we dress our little kinder kids up in garlands and we bring fruit to the Bet Mikdash on Shavuot. This is not what happened. Shavuot was the beginning of the time of bringing Bikurim, i.e. fruit, but I don't think they actually brought it on Shavuot because that's Yom Tov. You don't bring Bikurim on Yom Tov. However, why is it called Chagah Bikurim? Rashi says in many places that the Bikurim being referred to is the Shtei Alechem because they are the first fruits of the wheat harvest. And just like the Omer is the beginning of the barley harvest, the two loaves of bread are the beginning of the wheat harvest. So, back to uh, Rabbi Akiva's words. Because Atzeret is the time of the fruit of the trees. Who? It is, sorry. So Hashem says, bring before me two loaves of bread on Shavuot. So that the fruit of the trees should be blessed for you. Aye, what has bread got to do with fruit? So Rashi says that he refers us to an opinion of what was the fruit that was eaten by Adam Harisham and Chava. What was the fruit? Uh, if you've come to my Rashi share, you'll know what it wasn't. What wasn't it? It wasn't an apple. There are seven opinions bringing the board in the Gemara for what it was, and one of them was wheat. And yet it's clearly called fruit. So we see that wheat is also fruit. So that, says Rashi, is how you can bring bread in order to bring a bracha to the Peyrot Ilan. Because bread is also a Peyrot Ilan. Okay, continues the Gemara. We're in the first wide line, word four, five. Umibnei ma'amra Torah nischu mayim b'chag. And why does the Torah say, offer libations of water on Sukkot? So Sukkot um, is, uh, there's lots of things going on on Sukkot, but every night in the Bet Mikdash, they poured water on the Mizbeach, the most basic thing you can think of, and it was a time of tremendous celebration. Why do we offer, offer water on Sukkot? Hashem says, uh, offer water before me on the on Sukkot, in order that you should uh, have blessed for you the rains of the coming year. And what are we left with? Ah, we're left with people. Now, how we're left with the uh, humanity's judgment, which we know is on Rosh Hashanah. So, what would we expect to have at this point? 
if uh, grain is being um, judged, we bring some grain. If fruit is being judged, we bring some fruit. If water is being judged, we bring some water. If people are being judged, we bring some honey. What? Honey. <laughs> money. Money. Okay, not quite. So, by the way, this isn't quite what Rabbi Akiva is going to say, but just bear this in mind. So, there, there's, there's lots of droshas which are well-founded that the offering on Rosh Hashanah is us. We offer ourselves. We don't uh, uh, we don't uh, kill ourselves, but we offer ourselves by breaking ourselves down, by removing the masks and facing the reality and offering our real selves, and that's what we do on Rosh Hashanah. And there, there are various um, hints in, in, in the Tanakh itself that support that idea, but that's not quite what Rabbi Akiva says. He says, he says, we say before him on Rosh Hashanah the three things that we add into the Musaf Amida, the three brachas that match up with the shofar, which we'll talk more about later. But we know they are malchiot; they are expressions of Hashem's kingship, zichronot, expressions of Hashem's recalling of things, and shofrot, the times when in history when the shofar is blown. Now, how does Rabbi Kiva explain the, the role of these three things? Malchiot, Kadesha Timlichuni, Alechem. Malchiot, we say expressions of kingship so that you will make me king over you. Zichronot, Kadeshia Ale Zichronam. Why do we say Zichronot? So that your memory shall be elevated, Lafanai, Latova, before me for good. Ubameh. And with what? What is it that makes all this sort of hang together? The shofar. With the shofar. And that is why we say, Malchiot, Zichronot, and Shofrot, on Rosh Hashanah, which is the time we are judged. Amar Rabbi Abahu. Rabbi Abahu says, Lama tokin b'shofar shal ayel. Why do we blow with the shofar of a ram? And the answer is, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Tik'u lafanai b'shofar shal ayel. Hashem says, blow before me with the shofar of a ram, in order that I will remember the akeda of Yitzchak, son of Abraham, which was where, where the ram was offered in place of Yitzchak, and I will consider it as if you bound yourselves before me. So the shofar is to remember the zchut of the akeda, And why? What does the akeda do? It makes it as if we are offering ourselves. Remember I said only a few moments ago that on Rosh Hashanah, it's as if we offer ourselves. And that's why the motif for the day is the time when somebody was offered as a sacrifice, namely the akeda. Uh, I'll just give you another one. When, uh, what's the minimum number of days of slichot that we have before Rosh Hashanah? Anyone? So we always start Rosh on, on uh, sorry, we always start Salikot on a Sunday morning or a Saturday night. But we, when, depending on when Rosh Hashanah occurs, we either start just the Sunday before Rosh Hashanah or the week before that, because we have to have a minimum of four days. Minimum of four days. Um, so this year, Rosh Hashanah is on Sunday night, Monday, we'll start the previous Sunday, because uh, if we just started on that Sunday, we'd only have one day, and we have a minimum of four days. Where else do we get a minimum of four days? That's the time that we needed that the korbanot were checked for blemishes in the Bet Migdash. So if a korban was to be offered on, I don't know, Thursday, it would arrive at the Bet Migdash on Sunday and be checked for four days. 
So there's a parallel between we have our Selichot period, which is a minimum of four days, and a Korban is checked for four days. Because what are we doing during the Selichot period? We're checking the Korban for blemishes, the Korban being ourselves. Okay. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak says, penultimate line on the duck, on the Amar. Lama tokim Rosh Hashanah. Why do we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah? And the Gemara says, that's a very strange question. Lama tokim? What do you mean, why do we blow? Rachmana Amar, the Torah says, tiku, you blow. That's the answer, by the way. Why do we do this mitzvah? Because the Torah says so. That applies to every mitzvah. And it's uh, being said in a very profound fashion here. But so what does the question really mean? Why do we blow a teruah, the broken note? Marian, Rachmana Amar, Zichron Teruah, blowing a broken note. What's the question? The Torah says, Zichron Teruah. So the Torah says, Tiku, um, you blow a Tekiah. The Torah also says, Zichron Teruah. So we know you blow a Teruah. So we still don't understand the question. If the question is, why do we blow a Tekiah? We know, because the Torah says so. If the question is, why do we blow a Teruah? The Torah says so. So here's the question. Why do we blow the shofar when we're sitting and we blow the shofar when we're standing? So just to clarify, blowing the shofar when we're standing refers to blowing during the Amida. So for most of us, sorry, this is very Ashkenazi-centric, that means blowing at three points during Chazara Sashat of Musaf, corresponding to the end of the bracha of Malkiot and Zichronot and Shofrot. That's when we blow. That's called the Tekiyot de Ma'umat, the blowing when we're standing up, because it comes in the Amida. For those of a more Hasidic or Sephardi disposition, you're more likely to blow during the silent Amida. Some do both. But it's during the Amida. But we also blow before Musaf, straight after the Haftorah, we blow a whole 30, 40 notes, depending on, 30, 30 notes, depending on Minhag. Um, now, everyone stands up for that, but confusingly, these are called Tekiyot Miyushav, the blowing when we're sitting down. Why we call it sitting down? Because it's not during the Amida. So, we blow during the Amida, and that corresponds to the three brachot, and basically, that's the Ikka Mitzvah. But we also blow another whole set of blowing, separately from the Amida. And it turns out this is the question that Rabbi Yitzchak is asking. Why do we blow when we're sitting down? Tokin umuri'in, blow a tekiah and blow a teruah when we're sitting down. And we blow and we blow a tekiah and we blow a teruah when we're standing up. And the answer is, kedei la'arveiv ha-satan, to confuse the satan. What does that mean? So let me just give you one answer from Rashi. The Rashi says, you can see it, the first Rashi on the page, Shalo Yastin, the Satan shouldn't do his Satanut, he shouldn't accuse. When he hears how much the Jews love the mitzvot, sorry, his words are blocked up, he can't say anything. So he's already, as it were, for us to blow during the Amida, the Tekiyot de Ma'umat. And then suddenly, we're so keen on the mitzvah, we blow extra blowings before we even get to the Amida, and that confuses the Satan. There are many other explanations of this rather strange phrase, but we'll stick with that one. 
then ba'amar biyitzchak kol shana she'ein tokin lo betchilata marian lo besofa. And uh, it's a statement, and it's also a pun. Rabbi Yitzchak says, if they don't, any year in which they don't do a tekiah at the beginning of the year, they will do a teruah at the end of the year. Now, what's the point? A teruah is, is a sad sound. It's broken. It's crying. So do a teruah at the end of the year means it's a bad year. It's a year full of crying. So if you don't do a tekiah at the beginning of the year, it will be a bad year. Now, what does it mean you don't do a tekiah? Well, let's just see the next line, which gives us a clue. My timer, what's the reason that if you don't do a tekiah at the beginning of the year, you'll have a teruah at the end of the year? To lo irovev satan. The satan was not confused. And if the satan is not confused, then he accuses us um, more effectively than when he is accused. And if he accuses us, then it's a bad judgment and a bad year. Now, Tosos points out, we can't be talking about if you don't blow the shofar at all, that would be a, an Avera, big time. Um, however, what we're talking about is if you don't blow the extra note blowings, you still do blow during the Amida, which is the Ikka Mitzvah, and you fulfill the Mitzvah by doing that. But if you don't do the earlier Tekiyat, that's what we're talking about here. So if you don't do the extra bit, which according to Rashi shows your love of the Mitzvah, then the Satan is not confused and it's a bad year. Then he says, line four, Any year where you're poor at the beginning, you'll be made rich at the end. So poor at the beginning, uh, if you look at Rashi, second line of Rashi, When the Jews make themselves into poor people on Rosh Hashanah, the tefillah, to say supplications and prayer. Um, in other words, poor people, they pray a lot because they are desperate for any help they can get for their next meal. So if the Jewish people make themselves poor and pray a lot at the beginning of the year, then they'll have a good year and they'll be rewarded with riches at the end of the year. Shene'emar, and this is based on a Pasuk, which says, May reshit hashanah that Hashem is watching over Eretz Yisrael, this week's parasha, from the beginning of the year. But it doesn't actually spell it, may reshit hashanah with an aleph, mereshit without the aleph, kativ. That it's written without the aleph. So it's like a pun, and you can say the word rush is what it really is, is hinting at, as in poor. So may reshit hashanah means from the poor at the beginning of the year, like what we just said. Fa'ad achrit, and the pastor goes on to say, until the end of the year. Hashem's eyes are on it from the beginning of the year till the end of the year. But the word akrit can also mean what comes next, i.e. there is a future. Sofo shiyeshla akrit. So if there's rush at the beginning, there's akrit, which means good times yet to come at the end. Another thing that Rabbi Yitzchak said, V'am Rabbi Yitzchak, ein danim et adam elalfima asav shel otosha'ah. A person is only judged by what the actions that they're doing at that time and not the actions of the future. Hashem does not judge a person by saying, hmm, he's okay now, but I, Hashem, because I'm rather omniscient, I know that he's going to turn out bad in the future, so I'll punish him now. That doesn't happen. How do we know? Famous pasuk from the Sedra of the Eira, where um, Yishmael is not well. In fact, he's dying of thirst uh, and possibly illness. 
And Hagar, this is after Hagar and Ishmael have been sent away by Sarah. Hagar is not happy about this at all. She's actually really rather sad. And Hashem says to her, don't worry. Kishama Elokim El Kol Hanar Ba'asher Hu Shama. Hashem has heard the voice of the lad where he is there. And the Gemara, the Midrash and Rashi ask, what do you mean where he is there? He's not anywhere else. Obviously it's where he is there. So the Rashi brings the story that the Malachim said to Hashem, the descendants of this Yishmael are going to persecute the Jewish people. So let him die. So Hashem says, aye, but right now, is he a tzaddik or a rasha? And they say, well, right now, I don't think he's really a tzaddik, but he's not a rasha. He's not a murderer of the Jewish people. So Hashem says, that's how I'm going to have mercy on him, that Asher, who, Shem, where he is now. There is a famous counterexample, which is the Ben Sora Omara, the so-called stubborn rebellious son, where we're told explicitly that he is to be punished because of what he will turn into in the future. But we'll just leave that as an interesting uh, investigation. For Omar of Yitzchak... But they never punish a Ben Sora But in theory they do. In theory, the punishment exists. For Omar Rabbi Yitzchak, Gimel Devarim Mazkirin Avonotav Shal Adam. There are three things which cause the sins of a person to be remembered. Which, in other words, they're not good things. So if you put yourself, or if you find yourself in this situation, then your sins that you've done are remembered, and the situation might turn out, not turn out good. So, well. Elohim, and here they are. Kir Natui, a leaning wall. If you stand underneath a wall which is about to topple over, then your life is in danger, and then Hashem considers your sins and decides whether to save you from the toppling wall. The Ian Tefillah, this is a very strange one. Ian means close intention to Tefillah. How can that be a time when you remember it, when your sins are remembered? So Rashi explains that if somebody dovens a lot and says, look, I'm dovening a lot, please give me what I'm asking for, that's Ian Tefillah, and Hashem says, uh, now, Ian Tefillah is a good thing. You should daven a lot. But be aware that when you say, look, give me what I deserve because I'm doing all this davening, Hashem says, all right, let's just see what you deserve. And he remembers your sins. And the third one is, umosar din al Somebody who um, uh, ha- passes judgment on somebody else. Um, the, the Amar Rev uh, uh, says Abin, but it should say Hanan. Uh, Amar Rev Hanan. Kol HaMoseh Din Al Chavero Hu Na'anesh Techila. Whoever passes judgment on somebody else, they get punished first. So if you say, as it were, to Hashem, look at him, he deserves the punishment, Hashem says, I'll look at you first. And how do we know this? We know this from Shnei Amar, Vatome Sarai Al Avraham, Hamasi Alecha. Um, Sarai says to Avram, um, My violence is on you. She's talking about how she's upset with Hagar uh, not respecting Sarah. Uh, and that was a bad thing. And Sarai complains to Avraham and says, It's your fault because you brought Hagar into our domestic arrangements. Uktiv, and we also know. Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to cry for her. The point about that is Sarah died first. So Sarah complains to Abraham um, about Abraham's behavior and Sarah then dies. And I think we'll just do um, one more. 
So I'm Rabbi Yitzchak. One more statement from Rabbi Yitzchak. There are four things which tear up the decree of a judgment of a person. And so in other words, as we said earlier, judgment can be reversed. Don't think anything is, de- is, is decreed in an unchangeable manner because there are four ways you can change it. Elohim. Sadaka, Tsa'aka, Shinui Hashem, V'Shinui Maaseh. Um, Sadaka is Sadaka. Saka is crying out in prayer. Shinui Hashem is changing one's name. Shinui Maaseh is perhaps the most obvious way to change one's judgment. Change one's deeds. And then he brings Pesukim for each one of these. Sadaka Dichtiv, but Sadaka Titzil Mimavet. Sadaka, where it writes, Sadaka saves from death. Tsa'aka, crying out in prayer. Dichtiv, v'yetzaku el Hashem, v'tzal lehem, u'mimotzokotehem, yotzi'im. The Pasuk in Tehillim says, they cried to Hashem while it was difficult for them, and from their streets they came out. Shinui Hashem, changing one's name. What's the idea of changing one's name? It's, as the Rambam says in Hilchot Teshuvah, it's to say, I'm a different person. I'm no longer the person who behaved in a way like that. I'm now literally, I mean, I'm turning over a new leaf to the extent of a total transformation of my personality. Dichtiv, and how do we know this is effective? Because Hashem says, Sarai ishtacha lo tikra et shama, Sarai ki sara shama. Hashem says, Sarai, your wife will no longer be called Sarai, but she'll be called Sarah. Uketiv berchati ota vegam natati memena lacha. And, he's, and the Pasuk also says, I've blessed her and I've given from her to you. In other words, once the names change, then the blessings come. Uh, sorry, ben, that's the main point. I've given from her to you a son. Shinui Masa, changing a deeds. How do we know that's effective? From the Pasuk in Yonah, where it says, Hashem saw their deed. By the way, the Gemara says elsewhere, he doesn't say he saw their sackcloth and their fasting. That is just a means to an end. What he actually saw that changed Hashem's mind, as it were, was he saw their actions. And it writes, And Hashem changed his mind on the evil which he planned to do to them below Asa, and he did not do it. The Yeshomrim, I'm sorry, uh, still just sort of, just within the time, uh, but this is still part of the same thing. The Yeshomrim, there are some say there's a fifth thing that you can do to tear up the decree. Af Shinui Mokom, changing one's place. Dichtiv, Vayoma Hashem el Avram, Lech Lechami Arzacha. Hashem says to Avram, go from your place. Vahadar, and then he says, I will make you a great nation. So we see that changing place is shinoi mokom, shinoi mazel. It changes one's fate. It tears up what has been decreed. So if there's a good source for the fifth thing that uh, changes your decree, why does the first opinion in the Brisa only quote four? Why does the first opinion not believe in shinoi mokom? So we say now the idach, the other opinion, hahu zechuta de eretz Yisrael. Who the Ahane lay? That was not when, when Hashem says to Abraham, "You'll become a great nation." It's not because you've changed place, but because you've changed place to Eretz Israel. And on that note, about the power of going to Eretz Israel, I think we'll pause for tonight. Oh. Sorry, I had hoped to get to the end of the but it's lots of.